Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Everyone, it's Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies and My Emotional Audit here, and it's time to update you on some exciting news here. Um, as you may or may not know, apart from being a therapist who specializes in somatic trauma release, I am also and now eight times author. And I have just released my latest book, which is called The Highly Sensitive Handbook. And it's been uh, a long gestation. I originally conceived the idea late last year, and I wanted to put together a, a book that talked about high sensitivity as a trait. But unlike all the other books on that subject, I wanted to look at how it combines with childhood experience to create symptoms in the body and the mind in adult life. And so it's that that synergy between having a highly sensitive nature which by the way is an inborn trait it's not it's not an illness it's not a condition it's something you're born with and usually it's um prevalent as also as you're developing in the womb you can tell there's a percentage of children that have this trait it's about 20 percent, we believe and then if you get a highly supportive childhood environment and by the way you need more support as a highly sensitive person than you say, compared to your non-sensitive peers. If you get that in your childhood, then you will excel and you will find you are some sort of uh, creative individual who loves life and who contributes massively. However, uh, the majority of people don't get those kinds of childhood, either because um, it's not recognised that they're highly sensitive compared to the other children, if you have siblings, by your parents, they may not know or appreciate, or if they do, know what to do about it. And the other problem is, of course, childhood trauma, uh, emotional trauma is a really common experience uh, that may come down to something simple as having birth trauma, having poor attachment with, with a parent, particularly mother. It could be uh, experiences of accidents or surgeries um, early in your life, anything prior to the age of seven usually is very landscaping of how your brain deals with stress in later life. And that's that's the thing I wanted to talk about. And so I'm going to share my screen here um, because I want to show you the book. And let's go there. Um, it's just gone up. Here it is. And it's I've called it the highly sensitive handbook because I want people to understand that this isn't, you know, the definitive treatment of high sensitivity there are other books out there elaine aaron's wonderful uh book on highly sensitive people and all the books that she's written in that series highly sensitive children highly sensitive parents i think she's got she's got a vast array and, and there have been many copycat books since as well look at the subtitle here how sensory processing sensitivity that's another term for being highly sensitive and emotional overwhelm hijack your health. So it's that combination of the two things working together, which creates symptoms in adult life. Um, and that's certainly what happened to me. That's why I wrote my first book, The Scar That Won't Heal, which dealt with kind of common emotional traumas in childhood and what to do about them. This one looks more at uh, the trait of high sensitivity and learning how to support that in adult life, because it's very unlikely that anybody reading this is going to be under the age of seven. So I'm assuming most of the people that read this will either be <clears throat> teenage or adult. 
And so we have to reparent ourselves and recover or <clears throat> uh, rewire our brain's uh, way of kind of processing. And so the second half of the book is actually looking at that <clears throat> with um, how to thrive by supporting your emotional needs. So it's it's let's let's take a quick look through some of the uh, chapters. So chapter one sets up um, the idea of it being a neurodiversity. It's something that exists as a trait within the population. Um, it's not a condition, as I've said, and it does have evolutionary advantages. It makes people much more sensitive to the environment. So if you think in terms of how we evolved and how we adapted in life, um, we would have been the lookouts for the tribe, as it were. We would have been the people that go into an area and say, no, this doesn't feel right. I think there's something there's something off here We're, you know, there's another tribe perhaps waiting to attack us or there's an animal lurking behind a, a rock or something. You would have felt that. Also, you might have been the um, seers or the shaman in, in, in your in your tribe, you know, the ones that had extreme empathy and so could pick up when things were not right and help to heal and soothe that. So it does have it does have positive traits, of course. It makes you highly creative as well. You've been the artists, you've been the visionaries. Um, but we need to know how it combines in modern day life, which is very, very different, which has a high stress uh, load in life. We have a lot of toxic stress. We have stress from social media comparisons, um, financial insecurities, um, pressure to achieve and perform. Um, and we often live in communities where we either don't have extended families or we, we don't have a vast array of people that can help support us. And so it's, it's really looking at the sensitivity and how it combines with the stress response to create these uh, autonomic stress symptoms in the body. Then chapter two looks at how the highly sensitive child uh, begins, you know, the origins in the womb, uh, the wonderful research by Thomas Boyce on the orchid versus the dandelion child, looking at the fact that when he looked at the adverse childhood experience data, he found instead of there being a gradation or like a bell curve um, of, uh, you know, most people in the middle, he found three distinct groups. Uh, well, initially he found two. Um, and and the, the very highly sensitive children just re respond much, much more to trauma. You know, they take it much more deeply and it affects them for life. And so he called these the orchid children because they basically need more support, more hot housing, as orchids do. I've killed a few myself, so I know. Orchids are not easy to grow, okay? They need very precise conditions. Whereas someone else labelled the, the regular 80% of children as dandelion ch children. You know, they'll, they'll grow pretty well anywhere um, and they will survive quite well without too much lifelong um, effects of not having what they need. All right. So that's that's the early um, research. And, and then looking at prevalence, you know, how common is it? You know, is it gendered? Um, the, the answer may surprise you. Um, and what determines that this is a trait and not a condition is differential susceptibility. And that's where um, children or people who get good support 
do vastly better. And, and so there's a wonderful line graph in here, which will show you exactly what that means. And that um, we excel when we're given support, but we plummet when we're not. So um, that determines that it's it's a trait, not a condition, because it must be present already to make that um, differential susceptibility. And then chapter three, um, looking at the biology of highly sensitive nervous system. Um, and this is, you know, the neurological brain changes. Now, this is something that I'm specializing in. I don't think this exists in any other book, uh, but I'm going to talk about what changes, what wires differently. Uh, I've made it very, very simple. I've used a traffic light system. So parts of your brain that, that uh, speed up or form more neural connections and parts of your brain that slow down or form less neural connections does affect the way your brain works, you know, and so how you process information. And, and um, over time, that's going to have long-term effects on the way you live your life. I then talk about the genetic differences, which is very significant, but also uh, the epigenetics of that. So what turns the genes on and off is the epigenetics. And, and so we look a little bit on um, what situations in life actually uh, will work to your favour and work to your detriment. Uh, I'm covering a bit about emotional regulation, how to, to learn how to emotionally regulate, because this is an important key for uh priming your nervous system to be more adaptable and less uh, reactive. And then uh, I cover a little bit more about um, gender and the impact of hormones, because hormones obviously differ vastly between male and female. Um, and so it is women, by and large, who tend to suffer the effects of most chronic disease, um, certainly um, in chronic fatigue and pain syndromes that I see. Uh, but I do also cover male hormonal differences and what the specific pressures are on men, because obviously there are specific pressures on men. And chapter four, I'm looking at childhood sensitivity and adverse experience. So here I'm really drilling down on, on trauma, <clears throat> what happens, what it is, um, how family dysfunction can come to play here. And then I finish that chapter on work environments, which tend to um, exacerbate what you experienced in childhood. You often find at school, you'll, you'll go through similar experiences and then at work too, as you come into the world of work, you'll find your relationships are scripted by what you experienced when you were a child. And so you'll interpret the world through the lens of what happened to you and you will make meaning of that. And so we often see workplace bullying but we also see overwhelm in work, in certain work environments. And I'm going to cover that in a lot of detail in the book, because I think we need to understand what works for us and what doesn't. And making that decision can be really, really hard. But at some level, you have to make a life that works for you and, and not the other way around, you know, squeezing yourself into a life that other people wanted for you or you believed that, you know, would make people happy. Chapter five looks at uh, the adverse the adverse effects of high sensitivity. So going into much more detail on toxic stress and shame, you know, shame is a really big uh, part of this. And shame is an emotion that very few people talk about apart from Brene Brown and a few others. Um, but vulnerability is, is key to making a creative leap, uh, but we have to understand what shame is, how it works and how it undermines us um, and the imprints in adult life. 
Chapter six, now I'm getting on to the kind of more adaptive phase of finding out the challenges and advantages and how we can work with them. Um, so I talk about the, the, the challenges in more detail. I talk about navigating relationships and how you can shift those um, professional and career considerations, because this is really huge for most of my clients. You know, when they come and see me, um, often make career shifts and huge changes. Some don't. Some find ways to mitigate within the environment they're in, but often they're in the wrong environment to start with. And then the positive aspects. Um, how can you enhance those? And I wanted to end that chapter on the empath, which is a specific variety type, if you like, of highly sensitive people who, if you imagine highly sensitive people are, are arrayed on a sort of on a, you know, timeline, if you like, they're on a, a range across a spectrum. The empath will be right at the top level, the top level of high sensitivity. So the one or two percent of people. And they are very specific types of people. Now, I wouldn't say I'm an empath. Um, I'm getting towards that level. And certainly as I develop my abilities, I'm probably more empathic than I've ever been. But true empaths live in a very different world to the one that most of us work in and may have had visions. They may have had dreams that seem to portent things. They, they kind of have access to other awarenesses that are outside our current reality. Um, you know, and as children may have been pilloried or shut down for that because it seems weird or they, they're perhaps considered mentally ill. But of course, they're not. They're, they're, they're perceiving perhaps more in a more real way the, the true nature of reality um, than, than this material world that most of us inhabit. So there's a, there's a very important degree of supporting em empaths and how to do that. And you may know of an empath if you're not one yourself. You may have come across them. They often tend to work in healing professions, uh, particularly the more holistic areas. They may also be poets, artists, you know, people who see the world in a very, very different way. And chapter seven draws it all together, really, with how to thrive with a sense of belonging, because belonging is really what we're all trying to do. And that's a, uh, a feeling of being safe and accepted in the environment you're in without you having to prove yourself, without you having to try. In other words, it's just unconditional. And it is possible to find a life where you belong. And so I wanted to give you lots of examples. And here's where I do uh, lots of case studies as well from people that I've worked with, um, all anonymized, of course, and sometimes conglomerated with one or more people. Um, but to give you very specific examples of how other people have done this, have made a life that fits them. And so moving from just merely surviving to thriving. So um, there's lots in here, folks. It's a it's a book that's a labor of love for me. Um, I, I put my heart and soul into this. There are lots of resources. There are quizzes um, which I've developed. And there's a self-care emergency kit as well at the end. So if that seems um helpful i'm going to put the link down below in the description and you can see it's it's on amazon it's uh, been up for a week now and um i'm looking forward to hearing what you think and please please if you like this content subscribe and if you like the book please leave me a review because it really helps to obviously get this message across thank you so much take care of yourselves everybody see you soon Bye bye
Okay, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.